the Modern Maker podcast for Thursday, May 20th, 2021, otherwise known as Be a Millionaire Day. Be Whoa. a millionaire. So whether you got this the money the or one not, day today's the day. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, this, well, this is the one day a year you get to act like one even if you're not or go buy something. I don't know. It's with, like Brewster's Millions, yes, the classic movie. Classic. Well, with, with inflation, it doesn't go that far. <laughs> yeah. Be a... Uh, 650,000 air day. Yeah, that's like the, the lottery winnings whenever people take a lump sum and you realize how much they lose by doing the lump sum and then also taxes out of that. You're like, oh, shoot. Yeah. Your giant lottery winning was not as big as it seemed. Not at all. So what are you guys working on? Mike, what have you been up to? Mike, what have you been doing lately? I am starting the bedroom renovation in the Joshua Tree Cabin. Last week, I mentioned I got done building the bed, and that's what it was for. I figured I would pre-build the bed. That way, I could have the bedroom under construction for as little time as possible. That way, it could kind of get put back together more quickly. But I moved everything from the bedroom into the living room. It's like I'm living in a studio apartment now, Mm -hmm. but it's nice. The organization is good. And today, I got done tearing out all the carpets, and tomorrow, I'll be scraping the popcorn ceilings. But all in all, pretty good. The one thing that I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing for the space is what I'm doing for the accent wall behind the bed. And I would love to get some ideas, maybe a little brainstorm session with you guys. I'm going to be building a freestanding bed with a freestanding headboard. So that doesn't need to be incorporated into the wall. But there's a lot of different options that I see people doing. I've thought maybe some sort of like French cleat wall like I see in workshops, maybe something similar to the media cabinet or the media stand that you made, Ben, recently out of that bamboo plywood. Something like that could be cool. Maybe taking the idea of what people do with the modular pegboards, but instead using, you know, French cleats, but kind of the same idea, like elevating it more for like interior designy audience rather than the whole workshop audience. So... The headboard of the bed will have horizontal lines, right? I'm thinking so, but I might make it a sausage body. You know I'm loving those sausage bodies right now. Yeah. (laughs) So one, you could do some cool things with, I've seen some cool sort of mirror walls. You can do some cool things with paint canvases. You could do something that also adds an acoustical benefit. The one thing, I love the idea of a French cleat wall, but what I've seen from the headboard is that there's slats on that. And I'd want to, you know, really make sure that the, you don't have stripes on tops of stripes, right? right? So if you have horizontal lines in the headboard with the slats of the two by fours, you know, definitely, you know, the other option is like we talked about this before is there's some really cool wallpaper designs and then also do like a feature wall or even some of those vinyl decals that sort of go onto the wall. Yeah, I could throw some fat heads yeah, up there, like a fat. big old Peyton Manning. Big Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All baby. Looking right over your bed. <laughs> yeah. What about? No, you're a, right. The, the, oh, go for it, Chris. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Wall of Velcro. Then you get a Velcro suit, little trampoline. Uh-huh. Maybe you just run and pop yourself I mean, right up I on get, that wall. You could be your own fat head. If I get a real springy mattress, yeah, I may not you, even you need, need a trampoline. trampoline. Good call. <laughs> no, but there's like a lot of ideas, right? Maybe building something like the French cleat wall is the right idea. But what you were saying, Ben, I could just do a cool feature wall with different paint, maybe make a cool pattern. I could do wallpaper. There's a million different ideas. And I'm I'm literally going into this with no clue what I'm going to do. It feels weird, like destroying a room, not knowing how you're going to put it back together. You guys ever do this? You know, I yes. will say, I feel like wall decor is probably my weakest link as a designer. Like, I almost okay. just tend to ignore them. And there is a... <laughs> 
definite fine line between like not enough where it's in an apartment that you haven't moved into, which is unfortunately the aesthetic that I tend to end up with where I like don't put enough things on the wall. And then right. you can easily have way too many things going on. Yeah, I'm definitely not on the eclectic side. Yeah. I am. Yeah, I'm minimalist to a fault when it comes to that sort of thing. How about some really nice wainscoting? Mm. Oh, yeah, I don't know. But Chris, I'm going to do some custom trim. We talked about that a long time ago. That's going to be one of the one of the features in be here. plywood. Oh, like a baseboard thing? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, remember the plywood baseboard. That's what we were talking about. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I'm going to, or I'm sorry, I wasn't sure. I'm not sure if I'm going to do plywood or if I'm going to make them out of solid wood, but mm-hmm. I'm going to cut my own profile out of the baseboards for sure. Should nice. be fun. But what are you guys up to? That's kind of, that's where I'm sitting. If any listeners have suggestions for cool feature walls, don't text me ideas. But if you have reference images, like a good Pinterest post or an Instagram post, I would love to see that. DM me at Modern Builds. So no text descriptions. You want pictures? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I'm not trying to read novels. It's just so hard to get an idea of what people are talking about. And it's always so vague. Actually, let's come back to that later. I have something to talk about that has to do with that. That's a topic idea right there. There you go. Just remember to cue me back into that. What I've been working on. So last week when we talked, I was I think I was editing like the video for the uh, dining table with the prefab legs. Yeah, with the semi-exact legs. So that's all coming out on Thursday. Awesome. I did not get the non-prototype legs in in time. Uh oh. Yeah, and in fact, so I even had to after the fact then take the table apart and we had to overnight them to the photographer so that we can get everything up on the website by the time everything's ready to launch. So it's going to be a photo finish, but the guys at semi-exact are game. I'm game. So it's, Is this- it's been a, since Friday night, basically a dash to like get everything ready to go so that all the infrastructure exists by Thursday when the video goes up. Is this like classic four eyes fashion or is it stressful? I'm str- well, luckily most of the stress is on their end. So I'm just trying to do what okay. I can to help them. So like, you know, <laughs> giving them digital assets that they need, you know, if they need any help writing copy for anything, helping them with that. Definitely. Like I avoid photo finishes at all costs. Right. Like I'm very rarely up against the gun with a deadline. I'm always trying to work like almost like, I mean, I don't do it anymore, but there was a time when I was working like a month ahead and now I'm down to probably like a week ahead, but still <laughs> like, yeah, it's, uh, I, you guys deal with that more often. I, I, I guess it's just like different people thrive in different environments and that's not my environment. Like no, I, I just stress myself so that I can get way ahead. That's fantastic. I don't think that I'm so much of a procrastinator. I have that and I fight it, right? Everyone does. But my thing is I just say yes yeah. to too many things. Oh, you're definitely not a procrastinator. You're just a... You're but a Chris, you're optimist. very good. Chris, you're very good at being like skeptical of whether things are worth the time. Where I'm an automatic like golden retriever. Sounds awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mike always imagines the best case. Yeah. You're a logistics optimist. Yes. <laughs> you just always imagine, oh, this will take 15 minutes and that takes 10 minutes and then it all gets done in one day when really it's like, oh, that was actually three hours. Yeah, I think relaunching Simple Finish is a good example of that. You remember, website Chris, I, I was sending you the website the day before the launch Yep. and, you know, we're doing test orders to make sure everything worked. But Bought a can. the morning of the launch, I just had a little bit of tweaks. I had some syntax to fix, but, you know, it you got to trust off. that. I was about to say, you got to trust that you're Greg Jennings in that situation. You put the team on your back and you get across that goal line. And we're back in stock. 
Yes, exactly. It feels good, right? It's been a while since we've been able to sell Simple Finish. It just feels bad whenever I use Simple Finish, but I don't promote it because <laughs> it like it's just a- such a missed opportunity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's back. Check it out. Make a brand. Get your orders in. We're back. Yep. It's funny too because I've gotten so many DMs about when's it coming oh my back God. in stock. When's That's it back my in favorite stock? part about it being back in stock. <laughs> yeah, yes. to not have to answer that DM anymore, or be or nice. to say it is. Oh, Chris. Yeah. Last thing, I wanted to bring up the semi-exact legs. Yep. Are those going to be available when this video comes out? Yeah. So as soon as the video comes out Thursday morning, that's the plan. Is that they will mm-hmm. be available to pre-order but they're already like in the process of manufacturing. They're going to launch with three colors, I believe, which are going to be white, a kind of black. And then the signature color that I picked was this kind of like, kind of like an aqua teal color, which I wouldn't say is a color that I'm known for, but I just like, these are like a, a pretty big pop of color within like the, you know, total visual space that the table makes up or whatever. So I didn't want to go, with too crazy of a color, I thought like, okay, let's like find a bold color and just like pull it back a little bit. Cause I know it's going to be a way brighter pastel? when you see it a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of like a lightish bluish aqua-ish color, I guess. It's a cool color though. Like I, I think it works really well, especially the way I had planned to use it was with Baltic birch plywood. And I think a lot of people will probably do that. I think it's a color that would go with pretty much any tone wood. Yeah, and but blonde kinda, wood, it would look really good with. Yeah, I think it'll look good with dark stuff too. Like I, Oh, cool. But that, that was one of the reasons like I stayed away from... Because a lot of the colors that I liked initially were yellows and reds. But woods already tend to fall into kind of like yellows and reds. So I wanted to make sure I stayed with something that would pretty much contrast no matter what. And I can't think of any aqua colored woods. So I think we did it. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Well, Ben, what are you working on? You're back in town for a week for the first time in a minute. Yeah. Have you been building? Yeah, so I got the plant stand video out for the modular garden. Very excited to get that project out. And we made the CNC files for free. So nice. if you go to the link in the description, and there's a link there that takes you right to Easel, which is the software by Inventables. And not only are there the files that you can then run directly from your CNC, I also put the plans for the non-CNC versions if you want to make them with a circular saw or jigsaw. So that's all up. I think it's a project that I'm highly encouraging people to make and sell at local crafts fairs or on Etsy and things like that. I'm not going to be directly monetizing that design, so might as well give the design away for free and let people take it away. I should have another CNC video out soon, this time for all the plywood tables that I've been making. Probably get that out sometime this week. But what I'm working on in terms of building is a roof deck. So we're right now at Maker Ranch. It's a rental house. It's sort of like a three-bedroom, two-bath, typical sort of suburban house. And I've been thinking about this for a while is how could you, you know, get a little extra outdoor space on the roof to create a little bit of a sun deck without putting penetrations through the roofing material, which if you're a renter, not a good idea. (laughs) So I think I came up with a pretty clever way using all two-by-sixes. And I'm already bracing myself for all the, oh, it's like a million dollars worth of lumber <laughs> kind of jokes, which we've all been getting a lot of. Everyone's yeah. made the jokes. They're not that funny anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I'm working on a very simple roof deck and I'm building it so that it sits right over the peak of the roof. So it's a you know a typical gabled roof. And I'm figuring out a way to kind of do the framing to build a flat platform 
on a sloped roof. So nice. Should be pretty fun, pretty simple. It'll be kind of nice to do something that <laughs> doesn't really require a lot of sanding because the cedar I have is already <laughs> you know, pretty well finished. It's it's just like cutting and screwing together, but it's coming up with some some geometry and just orders of operation to deal with those different angles and still build the nice trust that will give you a flat surface on top. Are you doing any guardrails on the side? No, guardrails. No way. Please. Well, it's funny. Have you ever seen Workaholics? <laughs> Yo, that's honestly, it was going, it's so crazy that yeah. you said this because I started watching Workaholics on Hulu. Yeah. Which the classic thing on Workaholics is they're always on the roof on lawn chairs. Right. And it's so crazy. Like the timing, that was going to be my obsession for this week. Mm. I was going to say, do you guys remember how great Workaholics was? It's that was going to be my obsession. Show. It's like fantastic. Suburban, always sunny in Philadelphia, you know? It's like yes, similar kind of vibe as the gang getting into shenanigans, kind of clever, not very bright. So maybe yeah. we'll recreate some of the we'll look for some of the the iconic scenes from Workaholics and recreate that for the thumbnail of the roof deck. Get me, you, Rachel and Jesse up there and some <laughs> some beers, some Trulies for Rachel. Some lo- I kind of want to actually now that you bring up like lawn chairs, I kind of want to do something with some of that classic lawn chair webbing. Because it's like yes. bright colors. And if yeah. you actually made, I mean, it's always used around kind of cheap tube steel furniture. Like it's like, you know, falls apart pretty quickly. But that that mesh netting is really strong. It kind of yeah. has like a classic kind of retro vibe. Yeah. Like you get like the orange, the blue, and the white or the kind of the PBR color things. My dad used to order it because he would, you know, unravel it and make saltwater fishing tackle out of it. So I know it's like pretty inexpensive and you can just buy it by the foot. That might be kind of a fun thing to make some outdoor furniture. You could probably even almost make like a hammock type thing out of it. Yeah. And the colors and stuff on it would, I think you could do some really fun, kind of like what you're doing, Mike, with some of the, the kind of retro 70s looking laminate furniture. I think you could make like a really killer kind of like hardwood frame. And then weave in that kind of that that lattice stuff. Yeah, tell me if I say this name wrong, but is it Mies van der Rohe? Mies, Mies van der Rohe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he used a lot of instead of the nylon straps, he would do the same technique, With but leather. use a lot of really thick leather, and then do like a steel or a chrome frame. Like right. blending those two worlds, like the outdoor nylon with that kind of high end furniture design, would be really really sick. Ooh, maybe yeah. I just pulled up Amazon and. So it looks like it's about 15 bucks for two and a quarter inches wide, 50 feet. And they've got like all the 80s looking colors you could want here. Chris, let's get it. Order it up, dude. <laughs> Order go. it up. Let's this all the, get some. The next challenge. Here we go. Well, I mean, if we're making like just a sofa or some kind of cool day bed, it would be really cool way of making a simple frame that has a little bit of give. Like the simple cushions, you know, they're a relatively firm foam. So having like a little bit of webbing that gives right. it some like even more whatever you would give it, whatever word that would be, just a little bit more give. Flex, that'd be awesome. Yeah. It's funny. So it looks like the way that it works. I mean, obviously, I'm sure you can find other ways to use it, but like they have little clips that go into them and then mm. those go into like little slots in the in the tubing of like a lawn chair. So you could probably <laughs> I wonder if you could do something where you almost like cut your own little well it probably has to be hollow though. That's probably the reason that it works in the tubing. Mm. But even I don't know, like how hard is it to bend tubing like that? You guys have done that kind of stuff, right? Get like a conduit yeah. bender and And I think there's ways you could wrap it 
you could have like an outer rail of wood right. that goes around or goes through and then have an inside kind of cleat that it wraps around and then yeah, you screw just like that cleat to the inside of the wood, or something. Right? So I think there's probably like a few ways you could you could do it, but it kind of has a classic color. It holds up well outside. You can hose it down. So for like outdoor furniture, it'd probably be yeah. fun to, to kind of do a combination of some teak or some like Ipe decking, something like that, or even just some, you know, two by fours that are painted. But yeah, conduit would also work, I guess. But yeah, let's let's order some up. I think some of those colors are, I mean, some of those colors, Mike, are right up your alley. Classic. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's something that you would like, you'd make the classic looking chair, you'd be sitting on it with like a PBR. You'd have, or like, you know, your like Coleman blue speckled camping plates, you know, for your <laughs> for your hamburgers and hot dogs. And then uh, you got like a, you know, an old style puffy vest. Yeah, that's like me if I went camping all the time. That's like, a, it's just a different mic, but I like the way it looks. It looks good. <laughs> classic. Classic. And if I was a completely cheap. different person, that's exactly what it would look like. Mm. Okay, great. Well, right now we've got to take a break and thank our amazing sponsor, Saw Stop. That's right. Saw stop is the table saw we all use primarily for safety and an added bonus. It's also just a really great tool. So check nice. it out. <laughs> protect your hands. Protect it, not just yourself, but the other people that may be using your shop as well. And for me, that's where I really get peace of mind is you ever had that where somebody says, hey, can I come over and cut something on your table saw? And you know that they're not that experience of a person and yeah. so then you're torn of being like oh, i'm really busy do I, that do I, it's going to take them longer they'll always say oh it's only a couple cuts it'll only take like five minutes and you're thinking no this is going to take like two hours because i have to stand over you help you figure it out you don't know your dimensions and with like typical table saws i just don't trust people to use something that's on my property and my responsibility where they could injure themselves with saw stuff like knock yourself out, go for it. <laughs> right. Well, don't knock yourself out. But yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure, I, I definitely can can sympathize with that. Like you know, with the workshops and all that stuff. But if the people at Sawstop are listening, I got their new slogan for them. Ready? Here it is: Best at cutting wood, the worst at cutting fingers. Sawstop. Oh, amazing! Nice. Boom. That would win awards, marketing awards. Yes. Good job, Chris. All right, we are back from our break, which was actually like 10 minutes of us talking about lawn chair material. Dude, we're so excited about lawn chair weather. Give you guys okay, a little everyone, sneak peek behind the curtains. Go to Amazon and look up Lawn Chair USA Reweb Kit. The Reweb top Kit. Top of the game. They got so many different colors, and it's all the classic vintage ones that are iconic, and you thought you could only get vintage. Yeah. And some new takes I'm on hyped. lawn chair webbing as well. Yeah, they got like the the Caddyshack, like old school country club special, classic orange and white stripes, a lot of cool stuff. But Chris, you no. wanted me to remind you about yes. how how describing things over text is hard. Okay, so I have I've always told people this. I'm a visual learner. Right. Then have you guys heard of aphantasia? Not at all. Ben, have you heard of that? Mm -mm. Okay, so I had not heard of it. Either. And I, I still don't know if it's a real thing or not, but if it is, then I definitely have it. But essentially what it is, is think of like the mind's eye. So it'd be your ability to picture something in your head. So right now, if I asked you to picture a red triangle, like uh, what do you it. see when you picture that? 
It's so red, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Super red. <laughs> so I see nothing. And I don't think that anybody actually like literally sees it. I still understand what a triangle looks like, but there's nothing visual in my head. And now like if you take that further, so just say like picture a 1990 Mustang 5.0 hatchback. I used to have one. Yeah, got it. You did? Not a hatchback. Oh, Damn. cool. I had a Fox body. It was or, a, I'm sorry, fastback, fastback. I think it was a 96 or 97. <laughs> okay. Those are different, but still cool. Uh, <laughs> no, it <was> terrible. <laughs> okay. So let's let's do this experiment really quick. Yes. Let's get some cross-examination. When you said that, Chris, I closed my eyes mm-hmm. and it was just a black background with a super red triangle. It was equilateral triangle. Okay. And it was like as red, it was the most generic cardinal red you could get with a little bit of a black outline. Ben, what did you have? I don't have to close my eyes for you. It's actually a problem if I'm driving and I'm not listening to like a podcast or something and I'm thinking about a design, I'm still staring at the road. I'm not closing my eyes or looking anywhere, but I'm almost like seeing what I'm trying to design, like superimposed. Mm-hmm. And I have to be careful because I can get kind of lost into the problem solving and not be paying attention, even if I'm just staring directly at the road with my eyes open. Okay. So I'm a little bit like that, but that's like the Iron Man screen is kind of what you're talking about. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, got it's like not overlays. really sight. It's, it's, I'm still seeing, you know, oncoming right. traffic and the road and everything, but I'm sort of assembling. And for me, it's not that hard to see what something should look like. What I'll normally spend my time deep in thought is figuring out the sequence of assembling, which parts I want to cut first, where where do I want like the, the tolerances to be forgiving and where do they have to be perfect. So it's almost like I'm pantomiming in my head the process for cutting and assembling the pieces. And so aphantasia, yep. according to Wikipedia, is the inability to voluntarily create mental images in one's mind. Right. The phenomenon was first described by Francis Galton in 1880, but has since remained relatively unstudied until now. Okay, Here Chris, let's go. Okay, so I don't really, I, I see nothing. And I think that that's, and, but see, it's weird because I still can have ideas for things but then I will very quickly go to like drawing and, and maybe that's why like I'm so much more draw it out, model it out than most people is because mm. I don't picture anything in my mind. So I have to draw things in order to like get that first visualization of them or whatever. Uh-huh. So part of me is like, like now I'm not saying this to feel like I'm the victim of aphantasia or I'm suffering <laughs> from it. Like if anything, I would say it has helped me to you know, whatever my skills that I've developed because of it. I also kind of don't believe that it's real. Like part of me believes that we all experience the same thing. We just have different, yeah, or it's a spectrum or we just all have different ways of describing it. And like, so here's, would be like a verbal equivalent of it. Like I can remember reading things on Reddit where people would say like, you know, they might ask a question like, do people who speak Spanish imagine a conversation or or whatever this way. And I would always think to myself, like, I don't think in any language, I think in like these very quick abstractions. And so a good example of that, like, you know, when like you might see something happen and you'll have a sketch play out in your mind that would take like five minutes to explain what it was. But in a quarter of a second, you're already laughing at it because like the whole thing just plays out in your head. So that's why I'm like, no, Uh we don't think in these like literal ways that we communicate to each other. It's much more abstract than that. And that's why 
I don't believe that even though I say I don't see anything and Mike, you described yourself closing your eyes and like, there's that Mustang or there's that triangle or whatever. I don't right. think you're literally seeing it. I think you just have a different interpretation of it. Right. Well, if I close my eyes, I go into like movie mode. <laughs> I got a healthy imagination. Like when you described the Mustang, it was like, I'm not even joking. It was, right. it looked like or a if movie. You say it was, we know what Mike is seeing right now. Dude, it's I'm seeing booty. Yes, you're exactly right. But like when you describe the Mustang, I, I imagine like a dolly shot where it's like overhead, kind of at an angle, and like I'm picturing the hatchback open when you say hatchback, mm -hmm. and then when it's not that anymore, I'm like it like does a little plop. You know, it's like. <laughs> but if my eyes are open, I'm not going that deep into imagination. So, I can always so do you dream? Uh, very rarely. I very rarely. Well, and when you dream, I, I very there, rarely remember a dream. Understood. So whenever you remember a dream, is it like you're remembering movie scenes or do you just no. kind of remember little yeah, ideas yeah, I just or like, like oh, thoughts this was almost. happening, but I don't like see anything that I saw. And also I remember this one time I was, and you guys know that I hate reading and I'm a bad sure. reader because of it. And maybe this can contribute to it. I remember one time I was talking to my friend's wife and she loves reading and she was like, oh yeah, when I'm reading, it's like a movie is going on in my head and like I can see everything <laughs> that's happening. I'm like, what? Well, I would like reading if it was like that. For me, I'm just like, this is like, I'm like I don't 20 even have pages have gone and I'm thinking about something else. With, with certain Wild. books, well, this is I, I can do that. The, the other way I would sort of think of it is, and I, and I can... I've sketched out scenes from dreams. Like they, there's like s specific still images that I remember from dreams that I had when I was like eight years old. Another way to think about it is there's certain routes that you take on daily commutes that you sort of remember generically, but not specifically. So you're never actually lost. You always know where you are, but there's tons of, you know, milestone markers, buildings and stuff like that, that you're not actually paying attention to. And when I used to drive back and forth to the construction site for the container house, every once in a while, I'd be like, oh, I didn't notice that color of that house or that truck that's always parked at that house before. But I always know how to get there. But then when someone, I'd have to explain it to somebody else, I would find myself not remembering anything specific. I know exactly where to mm -hmm. turn, but it's more by feel. But whatever, what, what would happen is if somebody would ask me directions and then the next time I would drive it, I would start to pick up specific things and then I would have like really good verbal instructions. So it's almost like I can record those sort of verbal prompts that are translated to a visual memory, but I have to actually, I have to have some sort of prompt to remind myself to turn on that kind of verbal translation. Hmm. So see, this is another thing that's like makes me a hypocrite with it where whatever, when it comes to this is like, I actually have a very good memory in terms of like spatial things. So like I can actually the other day I was talking to my mom and for whatever reason, there used to be this place called Skateland here in Whittier that probably got torn down when I was in, I don't know, third grade or something like that it was a little, you know, like a skating rink. And like, anytime I hear eighties music, it reminds me of Skateland just <laughs> ride, doing laps and listening to Madonna or whatever. I was like, I can full on, I can't picture it in my head, but I can full on like describe the entire layout of the place. And like, oh yeah, there was arcade machines here. Then there was the counter where you exchange your shoes here. Then there was just past that. There was the cafeteria and blah, 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 blah. Like I can go through all that, but I don't see anything. And then, so the, the thing that, where it relates to building, I think the most kind of what got us into this, Mike, like when people describe something like that to you, but we do it on here a lot too. 
but like you'll be talking to somebody be like, oh yeah, so yeah, if you flip over on the underside of that thing and then on the backside of the stretcher, there's a but, 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 and like you keep going and I'm just like, what? Like I'm just like glossed over. I cannot picture it at yeah. all. And everybody else is like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm like, are they lying? And they just don't want to be like, I don't know. And like for fear of like sounding dumb or something, or do they actually all just like get it and see it? And I'm just like, that. I don't understand. Just like feigning understanding. Yeah. Well, I think that's a lot that of makes both me for sure. Better. Chris, because if are, not, there's something wrong with me. Are you good at looking at floor plans and getting a sense of how the room would look? Yeah. Because I think that's that's an abstraction that I ran into a lot with architecture. Like when dealing with clients, some people just can't. They can look at a floor plan and immediately understand the way their room is going to look and feel. And other people mm-hmm. are just clueless. And they keep telling you, no, I want the room to be bigger. I'm like, this room is actually bigger than the room that you're currently in. Right. So that that's an interesting one is, is whether or not you can translate orthogonal two-dimensional drawings and get a sense of what they'll look like and anticipate them as three-dimensional space. Right. So I think, again, it would be like I can get a good feeling for what it'll be like or what I would like or dislike about it, but I can't picture anything, mm. which sounds weird. Like it sounds counterintuitive to what it should be. Well, when you're thinking about design, do you like, let's say you're doing a dining table. Are you thinking Mm -hmm. in terms of like inches? Oh, it's going to be 70 inches. It's going to be six feet and it's always going to be 28 to 30 inches high. Or are you thinking in sort of proportions? Oh, I want it to be about twice as long as it is tall. Usually. So I'll usually start with one dimension. So if it was something like a dining, well, well, two, if you count height, I guess, but that's kind of fixed, but I would probably start with length. And kind of start, and, and that's why I would go straight to drawing. I would basically mm-hmm. go into SketchUp and make a a box that's, you know, 90 inches long or whatever I want it to be by 30 inches tall. Then I would start drawing shapes within that to get a feeling for like until something clicks with me. And I'm like, yes, okay, this is the path I'm going to go down. And then from there, I would start to like rotate into 3D and start working with proportions about like, okay, this feels the right width. As long as there's not like some kind of constraint of a maximum width. Gotcha. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'll normally, it's one of the reasons why I like designing lounge chairs because like a table kind of has to be a certain height. Whereas mm-hmm. a lounge chair, you, it's a series of angled relationships. So you need to have the length for your thigh bone correct. You need to have the length for your sort of shin bone to be correct. And then the angle between your sort of thigh and your back to be good and then a place to rest your head right so you can almost start by sketching it out and making it look cool and then you just have to set one of those dimensions and then you set the other dimensions relative to the first one that you set and then you have to figure out a connection strategy to make the whole thing stable yeah i used to when i used to draw chairs i would start with just a seat and a back that was floating in space and then figure out because i'm like okay the lines yeah, just like like design. Okay, here's like the parameters that need to exist. What can I do within that to look cool? Interesting. And look at me now. So I've designed do we have maybe a two chairs. Are you suffering from this affliction? <laughs> I would say not suffering, <laughs> but if Surviving. it's true, then I have it <laughs> existing with it. But this guy is deep on the spectrum. He's far. <laughs> well, I mean, I and that's why I, I don't like like part of my hesitancy to talk about it is because I I've, I I pulled up some videos about it and the girl that was talking about it very much was like talking about it as if it's like a disability that she's suffering from and I'm like I don't 
feel like I'm missing out on anything. If anything, it's like, I've always gone back to, I feel like my bad reading is credit to a lot of the ways that I am intelligent because I had to compensate for it in school with other things. So I think the same is true if aphantasia is real and I have it. It's also true in that like the reason that I can design or that I design the way that I do is because that's how I have to because that's how my brain is. Can I conclude with one final question? Here we go. When you have an idea, you're like, oh man, it would be so cool to make the legs look like this. What gets you excited? Because for me, I imagine what it would look like. I'm like, oh, that's dope. And I want to make it come to fruition. But if you don't have a mental image of something where you're like, oh, that would look cool. Is it just the prospect of seeing what 18 degrees will look like? I think that the, the exciting part happens when I am drawing. Got it. And so whenever you have like a little tip, like I should try this, it's more just out of like a technical thing. Like, oh, I know I haven't done this before. It's an interesting technique or, you know, A plus B could give me a look that I haven't seen before. You know, you know, it'll be, it'll be great. Cause I think the best video I have that is before I had heard of Aphantasia that probably shows the way that I think. So I'll try to put this up, but it was when I was working on that picnic table that has kind of put, been backburnered. I did the designing. It's, it's the first thing that I ever actually started to design in Procreate instead of SketchUp for. So yeah. it was like a 2D hand-drawn essentially that I was doing, except for that it records you doing it. It screen records you so you can see like all of the trial and error happening in fast motion, basically like a hyperlapse. And so it's very much like just picture if you were, here we go me telling you guys to picture something. You're standing (laughs) at the foot of a picnic table. So you're looking down at lengthwise and you just see the top and the benches floating in space. So kind of like I was saying with the chairs and then just like drawing substructures under it. And so it's probably me going through like 10 different ideas quickly of different structures that could go under it. And then finding one that I was clearly like, this is the one and then refining, refining, refining. So that's huh. like the, the moment of excitement for me would, would be when I first land on that one that I go, this is the one. And then I start tweaking it from there. But like going into that, all I knew is like a dining table is about this high. It's got two benches that are in like roughly this relation to the top. Yep. Now just draw. And then like eventually something will be like, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. So I think I kind of see the difference where me and you are at, where I just, if I'm, if I'm faced with the same predicament or the same challenge, I just kind of like run through ideas in my brain. And then it takes me a really long time to sort of like figure out all the technical dimensions of like the shape that I'm trying to create. Whereas you, because you're so proficient in modeling, you just like come up with 10 versions and you're more figuring out the the aesthetic of yeah. what you're looking for, knowing like mechanically you can make 10 iterations and then choose of those. Right. Yeah. I basically, I sit down with a brain as blank as the paper. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't go to the paper until I know what the shape's going to look like. Mm-hmm. I just do that. Like I do all that sketching in my brain. And then once I narrow it down, I put it like on paper or I put it in SketchUp to figure See, out the dimensions. I'm then it makes me think that like... I've given people bad advice (laughs) because sometimes uh, like my advice often is like when people ask about inspiration or whatever, like I always say, like, I usually don't have, like, I just sit down and I start drawing and then that's where I find the inspiration. And so I'm sure there are other people that do the same thing, but like, it might be a niche 
you're finding it in a piece of advice of a silhouette because you're normally drawing in 2d not 3d you're drawing like a side profile view chris yeah right so you're you're actually finding it in an abstract version of the design that's about proportion angles and silhouette for me it's 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 somewhere in between where i have a lot of like visual ideas locked and loaded in my brain oh i like furniture that looks like this some of it's 2d some of it's 3d and then what i'm doing when what inspires me is when i figure out a crafting or making technique that would be an easy way to bring one of those profiles or images in my head to life and then it's when those two things connect i'm like okay that's a project because that Mm -hmm. means sort of oh there's a trick to it or there's a a gimmick to it or it might not be a gimmick in how it looks but a gimmick in how it's made that is going to be kind of like the story of this project mm-hmm. so because yeah. like, if i look on pinterest i see so much furniture that i think looks amazing i mean there's so much good design out there but a lot of it i'm like ooh, that's that's challenging to make that was a lot of work that's a lot of work that's a lot of work and then i say oh that's a lot of work but i have an idea and how i can make it a lot simpler and easier even if it's just oh i could how, oh, here's an idea how we can make this all with a circular saw. That's where it's sort of like the light switch goes on and then I sort of get the materials and start building. Mm, right. Kind of turn it into a, like a game. Like what's the challenge for this project? Right. What's the, yeah, what's cool. the in? What's the Yeah, what's where's the, the gimmick? Yeah. Yeah, but, but all that to say, Chris, I like your take on it though because – you not having an imagination, <laughs> let's just say that. Like a visual it leads imagination. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just playing around. Your stuff looks amazing. So if anyone says your process is incorrect, they're not looking at the end result. So you'd right? be the worst police Amen. sketch artist. <laughs> Actually, I might be good at that because it would be like Yeah, you won't be swayed. It's just like sketch like I have no preconceived notion or yeah, preconceived notions. I'm just kind of like drawing and being like, does that look right? Does that look right? You're right. Yeah, yeah, right. you wouldn't be so, swayed. It's my next career. Mike, oh, first. Okay, my obsession this week is workaholics. Okay, wait, wait. Before we get to that, Mike, <laughs> how are those Summer Jam playlists coming? Um, <sighs> Sounds like they're not. That's right. It's not quite fully it could be better. barbecue season yet, but soon. Yes. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm sorry. As soon as that weather heats up, those teams yeah. for the roof up. deck. For the roof deck. Oh, there you go. Get a boom box. Or just yeah, throw okay, it real so, loud on the, on the uh, 5.0 Mustang. On the <laughs> fastback? Yeah. Drop top? Hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. Chris is like, wait a minute. I can't imagine that. <laughs> I see it all now. So my obsession was going to be Workaholics this week. I kind of burnt that one already. Still very worth watching. Of the sitcoms of my generation, like I was in high school when that was coming out, there's not a better... There's not there's not a show for like dudes my age with more like references that everybody gets. It's so great. I'm not I'm not even gonna say them right now because they're all inappropriate. But if you're not watching Workaholics, I would check out Fifty First Dates with Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. <laughs> it's a classic movie, and the reason I bring it up is because of the soundtrack. Adam Sandler does good with his soundtracks. There's a lot of songs that you know you need to put on because you're making blockbuster movies, but you can tell the songs where Adam got or whoever he's using to do his sound design, they they like got to choose a song, and you can tell in those moments, and they're very very good. From like his old movies to his ones today, it holds up. You know, it holds up. What are some tunes on the Fifty First Dates? <sighs> uh, the Pixies. He had a, okay. he had like a good Pixie songs in there where it was just timed perfectly. And also Adam Sandler's song, Forgetful Lucy, in that song, is a banger. 
like the song that he sings to Drew Barrymore is actually like really really good. So there you go, 50 yeah, first, first dates. dates, right on. Boom. And uh, yeah, all right. So yeah. mine is gonna give a shout out to Tyler Bell, our buddy, another maker, super talented. Just been doing really great content. He did some aluminum furniture. He had it laser cut, Ooh. and he used some brass like little pins to kind of assemble it. It looks so clean. I mean, certainly not cheap, but it is just, it just looks so futuristic and sleek. So be sure to check that out. His videos are fantastic. He does a lot of experimentation, kind of doing a little bit of Mythbuster stuff and just all in all, a great guy. Another quick one that I'm going to sort of throw in is more of a shout out to our boy, Andrew Schultz, just announced that he's going on tour. Check out his Instagram. Oh, cool. If you want to go see some awesome stand-up comedy. It'll sell out really fast. So if you see it, get it quick. And you may see me and Mike sort of popping up at a couple of his shows, especially the ones in the kind of West Coast area when he is full on this tour. So that's it for me. I didn't have anything ready, but I'm going to I'm going to riff off of Mike's here and I'm going to pick Billy Madison. Yes, yeah. <laughs> in like 15 years, but it gave me a thought, which is like, so I loved Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore because I was the perfect age, you know, like junior high. Happy Gilmore is so good. Well, so here's the thing. What it made me wonder is like, is everybody's favorite Adam Sandler movie just whatever Adam Sandler movie came out when they were in seventh grade? (sighs) Mine is a split. It's straight up between Happy Gilmore and Big Daddy. Those are my two favorites. Okay, so see, and those would have all come out like when you were way too little to watch them. So you're you're watching them all from a future, you know, they're all older movies when you watched them. So you can be more discerning. Right, but this was in an age of VHS tapes and DVDs. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not as topical as it is these days, I feel like, right? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know how topical. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I, I don't. They, those movies I feel like back in the day, a fam- I just feel like back in the day when you grew up, your family kind of had a movie collection. Every once oh, in a while, you get nah. some new ones, you get some old ones. Nah, but we when you're a kid, you're like. Nights. Oh, see, my parent, my dad was so big into buying movies, he hated renting movies because mm. it was a waste of money if you could buy it instead. And he would also. This is probably why I watched movies. Many, many, many times right. over and over because you got to get your money's worth out of it, right? So, so Ben will remember this, but when we, when me and Ben were really little, like when video rental was new, like you couldn't buy movies. They were like right. one hundred and eighty dollars for really the expensive. Tape. What? Yeah, they were like yeah, it wasn't until like expensive. the Costco and DVD era that they started to come to down get like in a price. VHS tape. There was some yeah. later and later on. That was yeah, like, probably like at the tail end of VHS as they became cheap enough that like people would have a collection. Before Blockbuster, oh, wow. it was it was kind of like it was more complicated to kind of get distribution for VHS because there was still a lot of TV rights and stuff like that. The That makes sense. When with the Adam Sandler stuff, I'm a little bit older, so I was always more I liked Adam Sandler, but I always liked Chris Farley stuff a lot more than oh, yeah. Adam yeah. Sandler. Yeah. So Tommy sheep. Boy. Black Tommy sheep. Boy was yeah. was always, I think, like the pinnacle of sort of movie comedy for me. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a nice Easter egg in Fifty First Dates. The institute where all the forgetful people live is called the Callahan Institute <laughs> of whatever brains. And yeah, uh, that uh, like that's Callahan Tommy Auto Callahan. Parts. Yeah. And they're Brakes like directly whatever. funded by Callahan yeah. Auto Parts. Yeah, yeah. It was funny. Tommy Boy, probably a perfect movie. 
Fantastic. Yeah. Nice. yeah, David Spade and Chris Farley is a classic combo. Yeah. But all right, everybody, we appreciate you guys listening so much. We'll if you have any finish. topic suggestions, yeah, get some simple finish. If you have any questions, topic ideas, or things we should talk about, send us a DM. You can find Ben at Benjamin Ueda, U-I-E-D-A. You can find Chris at Four Eyes Furniture. And you can find Mike, that's me, at Modern Builds. And we will see you next time on the Modern Maker Podcast. Bye, everybody. Later. Bye. Oh, hey, and I looked back at all those how to undo episodes. The finale was this week. We did all 10 episodes. They're all sitting at like 100,000 views or something like that. Yeah, I don't know if everybody's watching them, but if the episode is still running, thanks everybody for watching those. Thanks a ton. Yeah, get some simple finish. Yeah, that's what we all have to say. I feel like I didn't say it. I got to uphold my end. All right, right. see you next week. (laughs) Good outro. I like a little.